Hello and welcome to Socially Distance at Home. I am your host, Al Manorino. With me, as always, he really has no other choice, Bill Bakken, the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. What's going on, Bill? Hey, man. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm really good. I'm uh, actually looking up um, what episode number we're on right now. We're on 19. Oh, my God. I know. 19 I don't know. weeks. I don't know if that's true. No, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. last week was 18. Now we're on 19. Uh, we've been here a long time, and uh, I think it's time to introduce the unofficial third and fourth hosts of this podcast. And uh, uh, so. they're our favorite couple. I mean, you know, legally we're obligated to say our relationships with our wives are our favorite things ever. Um, but we love them so much. Coming we to do. us from the West Coast, Ooh. where it's still sunny outside. Uh, it is our music editor, Kat Manos, and the best named human of all time, Cole Rathaker. Welcome to week 19 in your monthly residency, because we can't go a month without having you guys on here. Yeah. Woo! I cannot. Is that true? We've been in quarantine 19 weeks? No. I think we've been in longer. Longer, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, wait. Actually, wait. This is funny. So, um, I, uh, during quarantine, I was let go from, uh, like, my job. This is not starting out funny. Oh, no. Guys, (laughs) it gets better. So, (laughs) I know the exact date that I stopped working. Um, in New York, like I had to start doing the quarantine at home um, because they sent me my We Rate Dogs calendar that I have that I like rip off every day. And it's on the date of uh, the right when like we would have started uh, working that following week. So it was like Monday, March 9th. So I've been I've basically been in my home since April 30th. 31st, something like that, something crazy like that, in the sense that we've been doing this podcast for, you know, 19 plus weeks now, which is, it's gross. So my um, liver dictates my knowledge of this because I went into quarantine earlier than most before St. Patrick's Day, being Irish descent. uh, That's the High Holy Day. And yeah, so I went in on the 13th of March. So it's been a long, long time. Uh, yes, but we're here to talk about more happy and more depressing things, um, yeah. and not even like I'm hosting this episode, Alice. Um, You're not. Uh, but I, I, before we get into our seriously what the fuck this week, uh, I just want to talk to Cat uh, and Cole and uh, see how you guys are. Um, see how you're doing in this like post quarantine, but like pre things being normal kind of world. So like we, you know. Stores are open, public places are open. Although maybe um, I know not you in guys, California, maybe not. Um, but maybe right before you know everything kind of got uh, turned back around. What have you guys been up to? Um, well, California is definitely weird because things were opening. Um, I don't want to say they're getting they were getting better because they certainly weren't, but. Things were opening, and then very abruptly, they're like, "Oh, maybe this wasn't a good idea because it wasn't." And so, things have now closed again, or they're going to. I think you can't have um, dining inside at a restaurant. You had but you had dining inside. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we didn't even get that close. In Jersey. Yeah, it's yeah. idiotic. 
Um, Delaware was the same one. Outside, so in our in our local area, they have closed down um, some streets where like you can't drive on it, and they've just brought tables and chairs outside into the street. That's in our quote unquote hometown of Asbury Park. Cookman Avenue is they've shut down parts of it to do outdoor dining in the street. Yeah, that's and Manasquan. Like, if you're in New Jersey, a lot of shore towns are doing this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in my yeah. town, it's just like you could still just walk past people on the sidewalk and you better have a mask on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very odd. It's odd, especially when you go from town to town. We were just in like a neighboring town this weekend. Every single person we saw was wearing a mask. And sometimes in our own town, we live across the street from a park where there are a bunch of hooligan skateboarders endlessly. And they're never wearing masks because they have to film their next hash pipe. I, I just made that up. It's not a thing. So close. So close. If you said an ollie, you would have been okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but listen, you can't get it when you're, uh, when you're uh, gleaming the cube. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, if you have never seen Gleaming the Cube, also known as A Brother's Love on TV. Okay. I, I need to tell you something. Like, a few months ago, my brother's like a very serious skateboarder in yes. Philly. And he, as he, he told would us. Be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He skates at FDR Park. But he. It's uh, always a John. He, yeah. Yeah. He told us about that movie. Gleaming the Cube. And ever since then, like once a month, someone's like, oh yeah, Gleaming the Cube, man. I'm like, what? This movie is stalking us. Tony Hawk is in this movie. He plays Iago. It's not a good movie. It's not. (laughs) But it's one of those 80s movies that you just watch and you're like, oh, that's that's great. That's cute. That's like, I'm glad I watched it. It's uh, it's a fun diversion type movie. It's like uh, it's starring Christian Slater for those who don't know, and the aforementioned Tony Hawk. But like, you will be surprised. You will see some actors out there playing random bits in like a TV show or movie. They're like, "Holy shit, that guy was in Gleaming the Cube." Oh my god! You and gotta so watch. Al, I know you all haven't goes seen back it. to Gleaming the Cube. Yeah, yeah. It's referenced in the Lego Batman movie. What? And in like that Voltron show on Netflix. Yep, it's so weird. It's That's it's weird. a very niche cult thing. It's like Teen Witch. Like Teen Witch okay. isn't good, but that rap scene is amazing. I heard the I rap is pretty amazing. Teen Witch is good. Like I might, I, I might. Wait, wait, I'm not saying um, you you I like might. Teen Witch. I love Teen Witch. Well, you but- should. Here's the thing. I saw it as a young girl, and I was like, oh, my God. I want to be a fucking witch. But now everyone's a witch, so it doesn't mean anything. It's but true. That movie was great. I've been trying to get Cole to watch it, but it's How not is anywhere. Cole? Have you never watched Teen Witch? I am That's, stunned. But it's somewhere. I think I did. Isn't Tim Curry in it? No. What's that one? That's a legend know. with Mia Sara and Tom Cruise. It's not legend, I can assure you. If you want to go down random 80s, what was this person in? You're you're messing with the wrong guy. Movie where Tim Curry is like the Dumbledore of like a witch academy. Okay, it's not a witch academy. That's Congo. Yeah, what is this? No, it's great. It's very that's Clue. And they wrap and it and they wrap top that and it's excellent. Oh, oh yeah, it was so top good. That. Top that I'm, is so good. I I never see I've never seen this movie, but I know of it because That's of how to escape me. That's the thing. Most people don't know, have not seen Teen Witch 
front to back. I have definitely recorded an episode of this podcast, shrunk off my ass after watching Teen Witch after a family <laughs> reunion, because emotions. Uh, but, like, everyone knows top that, but yes. no one can tell you that, like, the the uh, medium from the Poltergeist is in that movie. Like, they can't tell you a damn thing about the plot, but they know top that. It's a, I will go through the plot right now. It is a fantastic it. film. It is a coming-of-age story of a girl who feels out of place in her own life, learning she is a witch, and coming into her, her own. She tries to, to seduce the popular boy, but you can't do that with magic, it, and she has to learn a hard lesson. Sounds like Halloween Town. <laughs> Halloween Town 2, Calabasas. No, that's it, uh, Also, Robin Lively, who's the star of that, was also in season two of Twin Peaks. Fun fact about Robin Lively, that is Blake Lively's older sister. Was hoping you would pick that up as a, and, yeah. and put it down after I picked it up. Whatever. Yeah. You should put it down. I picked it up. I threw it back at you. And Cole's still confused. I don't even There's know a, segments in, for this podcast. In the movie I'm thinking of, The Worst Switch, Tim Curry plays a character called the Grand Wizard, which is definitely a KKK thing. Okay, wait a minute. There's a character yeah, called Miss Hardbroom. So Was Tim Curry in a porn? Man, what is this? Put this away. Look, this so. is a family show. Hey, where Zura, we swear. Zura Bulk's been a witch in a lot of things, by the way. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm going to just, like, me and Cole are just going to leave you two to go watch Halloween Town back to back, like, one what and two. I don't, know if ever, I don't think I've ever seen Halloween Town, and I'll watch it. Oh, it's a, it's one of the best Disney Channel original movies. Yeah, I love Disney Plus. You'll love it. Oh, yeah. A kid today would be like, wow, oh, yeah. cool. Sophie loves Halloween. We're watching Halloween stuff right now. I'm into Oh, she would love Halloween Town. Well, guess what? We're doing it. It's not. Calabar is scary. It's like a guy. It's a guy. He has like a mask. It's scary. We'll we'll parse it out. The only time Sophie's ever gotten scared is in Stranger Things Season 3. There was a a CGA monster in that. And she looked at us and we didn't think she was paying attention. She was like, I'm scared by this. And I'm just like, oh. All right, time to turn this off. If she got through season one and two perfectly fine, she'll be fine. I yeah. guess she I'm was, a uh, in the Halloween Town is like one. they go to a town and there's like people with like jack o' lantern heads. Okay, well, and obviously. It's, it's for very young children. Yeah, it's okay. pretty great. Probably too old for it. Okay, well, you're an asshole. And, uh, I disagree. But despite the fact that Cole was like five when he saw like Silence of the Lambs, probably. Um, no. I'm scared of most things. So. My wife things. saw Children of the Corn when she was six, so I, I feel this. She made me watch every horror movie ever, and I'm scarred for life for it. Al, we've digressed so much. I'm yeah. Out. No, it's it's okay. I was, I, take it back. I was asking about uh, life in California because it was going to lead into the next topic, which is seriously, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Okay. I actually have the time for that. Yeah, so uh, this week's Seriously What the Fuck, I wanted to talk about uh, something near and dear to my heart, Comic-Con. And we've been talking about Comic-Con, and I think reported on this news when it first dropped weeks ago about what San Diego Comic-Con was going to do uh, during the pandemic. Um, and they you know, they announced Comic-Con at home, which was during the exact same time frame uh, you know, in July, and everything would be virtual with like pre-recorded panels, and uh, which you uh, found you know, out the still... hard way. Oh yeah, I did, and uh, exclusives and things like that. 
so it was going to be kind of the first road test of like what a, a virtual comic con would look like uh, put on with with actual money um and i it's it's really depressing to talk about because i was supposed to be uh seeing cat and cole and uh being in california and uh and experiencing comic-con yet again and you know that sucks but i was hoping that this would you know fill some void and uh outside of buying a couple exclusives that i almost didn't actually get uh it was not comic-con at all and i want to talk to you guys about that cole cat bill um you know, just just experiencing the week, Bill. You've experienced Comic Con for years, covering the site for the yeah. site. Um, Kat, you've been to a couple cons. Cole, I'm guessing as well. Uh, um, I've never been either, so we're on the same. You've been to you went to um what was it Halloween Con horror Con? No, 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 no. But it's a if it's Monster Palooza. He went to Monster Palooza. That's a real thing. First off, that sounds awesome. And I, I hope the Misfits played it, um, who are from New Jersey, uh, right by Action Park. And there's that uh, class action park documentary coming out, which I can't wait for. But it's a little different. These smaller cons are definitely different from having covered it for so many years yeah. in San Diego and New York. Um, it made me super sad that this didn't happen. Also super relieved because I don't want anyone to get sick. And yeah. 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 Uh, but like for for me, like I'm gonna just blow up Al's spot a little bit here, and not in a bad way. I mean, like Al proposed to his wife at New York at San Diego Comic Con, and I yeah. I uh, fully wept. By the way, officiated the marriage it was beautiful. Uh, no, fully wept. It was amazing. But we like on the site, like there's so many great things that happened through San Diego. I mean, uh, Mr. Robot, we uh, interviewed the cast of that at its height. Uh, interviewed the. Uh, Seth Rogen and Josh Hutcherson um, oh. interviewed the cast of Riverdale before it premiered and like it, huge numbers for our site like yeah. so many cool things happened in Better San Diego Saul The Walking Dead exactly and and like yeah. I forget I those cast. because you know why because we get those every year and that's like yeah. like the fact I forgot like oh yeah we got The Walking Dead and Better Call Saul two hugely popular shows mm-hmm. like that's how much we got from that so not having this year that this year and also like our coverage like myself and probably like five or six other people are like mm-hmm. glued to the computer waiting for it. and i looked and i don't know if it was last year or two years ago i oh, know it was probably two years ago shazam aquaman mm-hmm. like there's always massive trailers there yeah. was the one year where marvel introduced so much shit like that uh, was uh, last year no no, no yeah. even before that we were talking about like ragnarok that's like how like, oh, oh we've yeah, been yeah. doing this and this year it just seemed like I forgot it happened. Like yeah, the pro wrestling show I watched in Atlantic City was trending higher than San Diego Comic Con at home. Yeah. I, so from my perspective, I mean, Al, I'm sure you could speak more about this because you have actual professional experience in like managing and running events and things. Mm-hmm. But from my perspective, I'm just like, this was so poorly marketed poorly put together and just slapdash yeah pretty much yeah it's just slap like, ass is more like it that's what i thought you were gonna say i did uh, too i did too <laughs> that's why i wanted to say it just, like so 
it was it was so bizarre mm-hmm. that a company that has uh, like I don't know I don't want to say cornered the market, but everyone knows what Comic Con is, and it has mm-hmm. been around for I mean at least a decade as we view Comic Con now, which is just like pop culture con. I'd say it's been like that for like two decades at least. Yeah, San Diego. Well, San Diego didn't start out, and you'll know, and maybe Cole, you know too, is started in the what seventies. Yeah, it's, uh, San Diego. It's, it's, a, it's, I'm it's talking the 50 about fiftieth anniversary this year. Fiftieth? Do you say San Diego is the fiftieth? Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. God, they just they dropped the ball, and I think it's because like they didn't have time to prepare, like. They should have. When did they officially call it off? It, it, it was, was very like, late. I know. That's so, why they delayed I say it. April or May. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, it got, it, I, I know where Cat's going with this. It's like it was. It was unprecedented. Like yeah. what they yeah. had to do in such a short amount of time. But given the the, the resources and the Hollywood backing, you'd think that they would put put on something more grand. I guess. Um, yeah. You know, and and Bill, what I was getting at with you was like. It was such a quiet week for news for it, when it's supposed it, to be the busiest it, week ever. It literally is like on the site, like I guess pulling back the curtain a little inside baseball. It's like it's insanely busy for us during the San Diego Comic Con. I mean, we have an army of people who are writing stuff up. Sometimes that army is just me, and it sucks. But like, um, no, army but, uh, hey man, uh, it's no, it's like we. You know, the amount of news, like, for example, Marvel alone in years past would generate, you get 10 to 12 stories out of just Marvel. Right. And, like, and we're just talking panels. And we're not talking about the stuff Al and Ryan DeMarco, who we talked about previously in the podcast, looks like Patrick from Schitt's Creek, because I have to get that on audio. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, how much stuff we would get from that, because these guys hustled their asses off. We would get so many interviews and so much content, but just like the news coming out of there is insane. And this time around, it's like the big thing, I guess. And Al, correct me if I'm wrong, because you would know better than me. The top things we got was, you know, Superman's black outfit, uh, New Mutants, some Star Trek, and the Simon Pegg series, which we'll talk about later. I mean, there wasn't a ton. There wasn't anything that yeah. shook the pillars of the world. Like, well, normally to, we do. Yeah. To make matters worse, the the black suit Superman didn't even come out of Comic-Con. It came out of <sighs> Justice Con. And Wait. That is, I'm uh, sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Please, please. Yeah. Give me a minute. Uh, just, like, explain that for me for a hot second while I take a massive so alcohol I think drink. I really didn't even do the research on it, so I'm going to just butcher it. But I think it's, like, a fan event for, like, the Snyderverse films and, like, the... Uh, Zach did a panel and he showed like a clip that had the black suit Superman. That's also where you're seeing the, the headline about him not using any of Whedon's footage. Like that's where that came from. I think maybe Goyer did a panel that too. That's like, and that's an important headline. I didn't even see that headline pop up. Yeah. But again, I saw that's, a not, black that's not a comic suit, The black Superman suit I saw on a wrestler's Twitter, not like trending. <laughs> yeah. Like the biggest things that came out of it really the, the big things that came out of it really were like, you know, uh, Keanu Reeves showed up and did like two panels. He did like a Constantine re, uh, 15th anniversary and then the Bill and Ted panel, which was like when, when the Bill and Ted went like a comedy for like a very niche, you know, yeah. uh, you know, audience. 
when that is the biggest trailer and the biggest thing to come out of the con, you know that there was something lacking, right? Like we knew in advance that Warner Brothers was doing their own, uh, basically their own con, uh, kind of like their version of a D23, I think, basically, yeah. you know, all focus around Warner Brothers pictures um, and the DC properties. They're doing that in August. So we knew in advance that they were not going to be there. Disney has not, uh, Disney Marvel have not really been there um, outside of last year. They, they had a huge break during the uh, the Avengers movies. There was D23, and then they were like... Star Wars Celebration, you know, too. So, I mean, they don't need... Star Wars yeah. They don't no. need comic they don't, and that's the that's the problem. It's like they could have really called on upon these people, uh, uh, upon these big corporations to come and help out. Because what are they doing? Like they're 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 not filming anything right now. They're wa- they're waiting to get that like on the ground. So anything that they've had in development or whatever that they can tease, like let's get a panel going, whatever. They were not there to show up. They really weren't. One thing that I think this really got me thinking about is I don't think necessarily like. Comic-Con is dead or it's going away. Like, I obviously don't think that, but I do think that now all this does is just empower, like, massive studios to be like, fuck Comic-Con. We'll do our own thing. They've been going in that direction anyways. I know. And now that it's, like, so obvious that Comic-Con has just made a brand out of collecting other brands, pretty soon people are going to be like, we're just going to do our own thing. Like, God, I was just about to call it the DC Thunderdome. What is it? DC Fan? Fandome. DC that's, Thunderdome sounds way better, by way the way. better. <laughs> Fandome event. Yeah. God, that really does sound bad. Um, yeah, it's like they might as well do that now because then they could monetize the hell out of it and be like, look at all of our great properties. It's so great. And then Disney's like, we're so amazing. We have multiple cons for all of our properties. Now here's our marvelous Marvel Con and D twenty three. The marvelous Mrs. Marvel Con. Marvelous Mrs. Marvel Con. And don't forget about our celebration of Star Wars, which we will milk every day for the next nine hundred years. I'm okay with it. Well, like, just 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 think about like I think the biggest news that came out of last week wasn't even a Comic Con thing. It was just a a, a big uh, rumor was that uh, Donald Glover slash yeah. Billy D Williams might be getting uh, their own Lando series. Like, that's kind of something that would have been, you know, great to have at, like, a panel. Yeah. Maybe, you know, something like that. Like, how about this? There was a Charlize Theron, like, retrospective panel that I didn't know about until I actually went and read through um, the agenda of the con. I didn't know about it until you mentioned it on this podcast. Yeah. Two Days in the Valley should have been on there. And I was going to say, and not that that's a huge thing, but I mean, she's pretty humongous star with one of the biggest movies on the planet right now. Like that would have been cool news to like, say like, all right, we're green lighting an old guard two, something, right? Like that would have been cool. It just didn't feel like it felt like going to a local con. Yeah. Right. And you know, it was like seeing these like strange panels. Like they're just like, there's nothing to report on. And, you know, I think, I think there were some – what were you going to say, Bill? Sorry. My question to you guys would be, is this the way this is now, like, not because of, you know, Disney being, like, its own autonomous thing or, like, HBO Max being basically the Warner Media streaming network? Um, Is this just because we don't know – it's just 
because production is halted on so much? Or do you think this is going to be like the future of these cons? Like the, the importance of the cons have, are going to drop because of the importance of these brands now. That no. We've segregated them so much. I, the, for me personally, I still think that San Diego Comic-Con is still a big thing because it's yeah. as much as you want to promote on your own brand, you're going to hit your own brand's people. It's like when I used to do advertising for bars and clubs at the Jersey Shore, which is so micro. But it's just like San Diego Comic-Con is still a big event. You still have people going for comic books. You still have people going for the cosplay. You still have people going for you know, the autographs and the signings. Like, these are still big places you can go and say, like, hey, we're doing a thing. And you don't have to be Disney. You could be something like an Amazon to go out and promote or AMC mm-hmm. or um, NBC because like they don't have that cachet that say like a Disney has or a DC mm-hmm. Comics slash Warner World has. Uh, right. I think there's still a lot of cachet left in that. But do you guys think that's still there? Well, I think that's. I don't know if that's the the, the question to ask because well, it's I, like I'm asking the question. Well, I know, but I'm saying like I, here's all right. To answer it then is no. I think that it doesn't – you can take the news and the Hollywood out of San Diego Comic-Con and it's still going to get bigger every year. It is the largest gathering of you know, (laughs) quote-unquote like-minded people um, doing everything they love to do. Shop, meet famous people, and collect art, right? Like that's the reason. Yeah. Cosplay. I'm sorry. Cosplay is still huge. Crazy. So – the question to be asked is then, how do you make that experience for people who are suffering through a pandemic, right? And 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 yes, showing that is a better question. Showing panels on sporadically on YouTube in a very ancient, like horrible system of like your your you know not mobile friendly schedule that it, like just links you to different videos, like fucking give me a homepage, man, and like give me a directory and make me like. Uh, pay for like one-on-one conversations with my favorite artist in like a digital artist alley and you know that let me like so big if they did that stream from my house like uh, you know cosplay and stuff and like you know meet other cosplayers virtually like things like that like the way that they did it is the way that is the only way they could kind of i think they really could have put more money into building something out like my company uh, we put on a virtual conference for a month long, basically through through Zoom calls, like we're kind of doing right now, and we made it the best experience that we could, and we had like a little over a month to make it happen, and we did. And were there flaws? One hundred percent. But um, we were constantly being told by people that this is this is so great. I can't believe you guys were able to do this in such a short amount of time. Like this, you know. It was like being, you know, it was like being there in person. Like that's the things that I'm not seeing with Comic Con, and you know, we're I seeing all so- these networks reuniting casts of shows yeah. that haven't gone forever. For example, what am- Josh Gad, by the way, what is he doing? Why is he always reuniting people? What is He's that? He's a lovely person to interview, and shouted up my so daughter sure. on a phone interview, so I can never say anything bad about oh, him. We uh, love that, but what yeah. is? It- 
this like a thing he's doing? That's show. Yeah, he's doing like yeah. this for like a show. He yeah. could do that. Like you got the cast of Happy Endings. You had Donald Glover come back for the uh, for the community reunion. Like you're telling me, San Diego Comic Con as an entity could not yeah. get, and the people like working with it, it could not get big reunions. They got yeah. Constantine. You know, I, I love Constantine the movie. But that's not big enough. You're yeah, telling me you can't not. get any of these other things? Did they get Shia for that? I'm sure they did not. Who'd they get? They didn't get Shia LaBeouf. No! Oh, it's Keanu and like one other guy. But it wasn't really a reading. No. They get Peter Stormare? I'm going to sound like a massive asshole right now, but here's the reality. Al, both of us have worked extensively in social media. Yes. If, if Comic-Con had hired just us... For pennies, we would have done fucking better than whatever they did. There's yeah. no trending hashtag. There's nope. no, like, actors are not being like, hey, I'm doing a virtual thing. Come watch. I didn't see that anywhere on Twitter. That takes no effort. You tell mm-hmm. so-and-so, hey, you were supposed to be at Comic-Con. Now you're not. Here's a fucking link. Uh, share it to your 10 million Instagram followers and tell them to come watch because do an Instagram Live or whatever. There was fucking nothing. And it's to the point where I'm just like, where they're just like, whatever, we'll take a loss this year and not do anything. Because it really feels like not just like they didn't have enough time. It looks like there was no effort whatsoever. None. Yeah. I'm Like I said, the online people and I never saw any sort of marketing towards what was happening with Comic-Con. None. I, I have seen more marketing, like I said, for the wrestling show on a pier in Atlantic City. With 200 people, I saw more things trending for that than San Diego Comic-Con. That's embarrassing. Embarrassing. And I love wrestling. But, I mean, more people love everything else being discussed. TV shows, Mm -hmm. movies, comic books. Come on. It has has to be a financial thing. In the sense that, like, they weren't getting paid – to put it on, right? Like, like because, the vendors weren't paying them. Yeah, there is. I mean, that they were probably happy that the vendors were still a part of it and drawing attention to it, right? In some but, capacity. But no, you you know how much does it cost to ask a celebrity to tweet out a hashtag? Nothing. Yeah. No, it's just like I don't think they were gonna pay for the product. And then the studios didn't care about participating because they weren't getting anything out of it, right? So like Bill and Ted was like, we've switched dates, we've been in, you know, been development hell for like twenty years. Like we want people to to, right, to see yeah. this, right? So we'll put it in front of the Comic Con audience because that's our people, right? Like I don't think that Disney or you know, you know, whatever another movie that's in development needed to to do all of that because they weren't actually they could see that they weren't getting what they would have if they physically were at Comic-Con yeah. and the attention and drawing buzz. Like this, it's crazy. Like you, you see these numbers that they reported and uh, Cole shared a, a you know variety article and a lot of other uh, publications started writing these like why Comic-Con at home was a bust articles that this is one uh, specifically from variety. And they brought up those numbers that Kat is discussing in terms of social media numbers. And it's nuts. It's, uh, they were down 95 percent um, <laughs> tweets. Tweets about Comic-Con were down 95 percent, 95 percent, 93,681 tweets over the five day event against one point seven 
million tweets in 2019. And that's the thing is like you can fill what a couple thousand people into Hall H and they're going to see a trailer for the first time and their phones are going to go fucking bananas and then everyone picks that up. There's nothing here when everyone in the world has the ability to watch a Constantine reunion. Like what is what are they getting? There's no there's no there's no real social media buzz to, to bring up. It, it truly, truly pains me to say this, but also in that article, I think, or maybe I clicked off to another article, they pointed out Justice Con and how Justice Con was disproportionately more successful than Comic Con, not simply with the content that was presented, but how they did it. Namely, at Justice Con, there was active like fan interaction. Fans could interact with their hero and god, Zack Snyder. And there's merchandise yeah. that you could pay for, which, by the way, I saw all proceeds uh, was going to, like, uh, suicide prevention nonprofits, yeah. which yeah. I was like, that's incredible. Yep. Genius. I, I shouldn't say genius. Thoughtful. Visionary. Visionary, you could say. Visionary director, Zack Snyder. Um, and it's like... What, and no one at Comic Con thought that. Like before, before we got yeah. on this call, I was uh, I was just on YouTube and I saw that the What We Do in the Shadows cast did a Comic Con panel, and I was like, Oh, I love What We Do in the Shadows. I'm gonna watch this. I gotta watch it. And to no to nobody's real fault of their own, Haley Joel Osment, who uh, was in a few episodes of season two, hosted this panel, and Haley Joel Osment comes on screen literally wearing like a hoodie and uh like a beanie and like huge gamer headphones and has the crappiest internet i've ever seen i'm like you're Haley joel osmond like you don't have wi-fi money and then each cast member popped up but kept popping in and out because like their wi-fi connection wasn't great and then people are like talking over each other and you can't hear it because it's like zoom everyone's doing their best but i'm like literally how much money does comic-con have and this is what their panels look like oh, like it's painful and it's not any of the actors fault i don't hold any of them responsible like, literally you're watching this and then like one of the writers like kids comes in the background and then sits in the chair next time and is like spinning around and you're like what i understand this is like, just an did, fx show did but they not do a tech rehearsal? no clearly there was no tech rehearsal <laughs> no Absolutely not. I, I know some people that are doing stuff for the DC Fandom event, and they did a tech rehearsal two weeks ago for that. Yeah. Well, I guarantee you it it has to be better than what I saw. I hope so. Well, Kat, and we can we can jump off the topic soon, but um, Comic-Con always has merch, and they had merch for sale, and I was yeah. notified about it, and I saw it on their Facebook and stuff, and I just didn't want to spend $100 on a sweatshirt. Not a joke. Um, yeah. Is yeah. Is it made of, like, I don't know. Silk. Is it made of silk? A silk I, sweatshirt doesn't make sense. I don't know. but And it's funny because I think on the flip side of this, I think this was really great for vendors and artists, potentially. Like, I, the things that I saw on social, like, I was, uh, like, the hundreds of other thousands of people, I was trying to get Funko exclusives. And I did. And I was happy. But they did we did collectively as a human race crash their brand new site that they had just fixed. Um, they sold out in an hour, um, which is bananas. 
And then um, I saw Todd Lamb, which is one of my favorite booths, that they, they do the official merchandise for Bob's Burgers, uh, Family Guy, and American Dad. And you, the, the, their thing was you could only get the stuff at these cons. So you'd buy them online in advance, and then you'd just go to pick them up. And that was their whole method. And this was the first time that they got to open it up to people. And they said they had a great experience uh, and working with Comic-Con. Uh, I don't think Comic-Con ever had a strong social game. Their their unofficial blog, it's not even theirs, the unofficial blog, right. I think is the go-to resource for Comic-Con. And they're the ones reporting on um, not just like big movie news or whatever, but they're, you know, this is where you can go get that free thing from this brand that you like. Like, very inside yeah. baseball, inside Comic-Con. Um, oh my God. Well, this is my official pitch that the people of Comic-Con need to hire Al Manorino because he will transform your social media game without even trying since the bar is currently so low. Yeah. I'd rather, I rather transform their platform. Like, I, I, like, working for a company that had to, you know, kind of build out their own conference virtually, like... I learned so much that I think I'd be a great asset to whatever crazy cockamamie uh, conference idea that you have. Yeah, um, just give me a kickback because, you know, I taught Al everything right now, which is yeah. literally nothing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's this week's Seriously What the Fuck. And like, this isn't just like a like a shit on Comic-Con like brigade. Like, no. we, we have uh, another, uh, you know, New York Comic-Con, which, again... It is yeah. July 27th. They have not canceled New York Comic Con yet in October. I, but I no, no, they haven't. But they haven't. they're gonna because yeah. no fucking way that's happening. But Reed Pop, who uh, owns and operates New York Comic Con, amongst a million other uh, cons across the world, I think uh, it's not a Star Wars celebration. Is that, is that what it's no? They don't own Wizard World. Reed, no. Reed Pop owns uh, C two E two. And they, they don't own Dragon Con, but they own a ton. So they announced something called uh, the, the Metaverse, which is going to be their uh, virtual conference, virtual convention. And uh, I hope that they they see this and they say, okay, what can how can we approve upon this? This was good in the amount of time that they have. Like, what can we do here? And New York Comic Con is not super known for like breaking news, but now they're going to have the they're going to have October when everything starts going back into production. Like they can, they can make a big play here if they play their cards, right? So we shall see. Um, but that was this week. Seriously. What the fuck? I don't know if they're going to do it though. If I'm like they, some of they these, com- they, yeah, I feel like some of the companies will, but like, again, if I'm a Netflix, a Disney, uh, a Warner brothers, why spend that money when I could just use my own social media? Like, yeah. like look what Hamilton did. Hamilton did bonkers, like 72% like downloads of the apps. But just announcing it on their own social media, yeah, I'm sure they paid for what a promotion and stuff like that. But why go to a Comic-Con when I could say like, hey, guess what? Uh, you know, Winter so- – I almost called the Falcon the Snowman and I always say it. It's like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Two different two different properties, by the way. <laughs> the Falcon and the Snowman is like Timothy Hutton and I don't remember who else. Um, Sean Penn, sorry. From the eighties. If Fal- if you if Disney tweeted out that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was coming out on 
February 22nd, my wife's birthday, of 2021, mm-hmm. people would be like on ant because they are so starved for content. I don't yeah. need to go to a con. I don't need to do anything else but a tweet. So why do I need to go to it? So I think it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting future we're walking into because like the cachet of New York and San Diego was mm-hmm. so high. But now it's like we're so starved for content during this pandemic that they might be like, I can put out a tweet and I probably can get that same reaction. Yeah, I think in the past, uh, movies and studios were somehow legitimized by announcing things at Comic-Con because yep. everyone's so fucking excitable anyway. People, mm-hmm. like, camp out for days to go in Hall H yeah. just to, like, see a trailer that everyone else sees, like, 30 seconds later, you know? Also, some productions would actually use it to build hub hype, like, yeah. 300 and kick ass to that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim premiered there, and they thought that because of the reaction from Comic Con, that it was going to be this gigantic movie. And <laughs> it was. It wasn't until it wasn't until uh, that opening weekend they're like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. yeah, yeah, that might have been the beginning of the current trends we're seeing now. Yeah, studios are kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, uh, it, it seems like like it's cool for Marvel to in, like introduce a uh, a film. That's going to happen in three years at a Comic Con, as opposed to in a year. That's what it's right. like, like uh, Love and Thunder, like the Thor, the Thor movie. Yeah. But like now, since we're all starved of content, I think the paradigm—it's a huge paradigm shift. We're so starved for new shit that people are going to be like, "Oh, you know, all this stuff was delayed." Hey, here's a tweet just saying uh, it's coming out this date, and people are like, ah, I can't wait. Like, if if Disney put out a tweet today saying that Mandalorian season two is debuting on October 26th, that's worth its weight in gold. That one tweet, as opposed to going to a comic con and doing it, or even going to their own type of con and doing it. One tweet. Right now, in this environment, game changer. Yeah, I don't know. I still, I still think there's the the aspect of like when you do a panel, like like a like the Marvel panel. It's just like you become the news cycle. It's not you've become a piece of news. You take over the entire cycle. Like I, I think there's something to that. There's something to that publicity that they they strive for over being you know just the number one trending topic for you know, two hours. Yeah. But like you're saying, like if it's like, I was just saying like a new movie, say it's like, like where they just did the bad breed or whatever it's called. Uh, the bad, batch. bad, batch. yeah, sorry. The bad breed is a wrestling tag team. Uh, the bad yeah, batch, the on, bad batch on Disney plus say they had like, they introduced the panel of that cast. And it was like this amazing blow away cast. You're like, Oh my God, that's so amazing. But so, but we know the Mando, Mando season two is coming. We don't need a panel for that. We just need to know a date for that. Right. I, I see what you're saying, Bill, and I think that that might be true in some cases. But the one thing that Comic Con really brings that like you can't really convey in a tweet is like all the cosplayers, all the people who come just to like hype your brand and like 
all of the merchandising, like all, like every single way that you can capitalize off of everything. I mean, you obviously know this, Al, like something that would be normally priced is like three times as much at Comic-Con just because it was a Comic-Con thing. And that's how people make money. Yeah, that's fair. Especially comics. Yes. Can't buy comics at Comic-Con stuff. Yeah. I know. I know that was the irony. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's this week's Seriously WTF. Um, now we're going to move on to um, our next topic, which is a slice of fried gold. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! This week's slice of fried gold actually uh, involves the, the people that we uh, named the segment on. Uh, after which is pretty great yeah, and boy. that is uh <laughs> exactly so uh they just during comic-con one of the one of the more exciting things was amazon prime who by the way i wanted to mention this in the first section they did everything in their power to make comic-con feel like comic-con they even did. during this time so one of the cool things they did they always have these amazing activations at san diego comic-con they take over this giant patch of land and uh promote all their shows um when, we, when they did The Boys, they had, like, an actual recreation of, like, a crime scene. So cool. They This year, they did, like, all these different interactive things, one of which for The Boys was you got to get free uh, swag just by going onto the website and, like, signing up. And it wasn't just like, oh, here is the option, a T-shirt or a bag. It was, no, you pick a T-shirt, and then you pick what you want on the T-shirt, and there was, like, ten different graphics. You got to pick it. So cool. So, uh, like, that's great. I know. So that was, that was, uh, that made it feel like kind of normal again. Like, you know, going to do, it was like going to an activation, which was, you know, you could spend a day of Comic-Con just doing that. Um, not even going in the convention center. So, uh, but yeah, so during, uh, Comic-Con at home, they, they released the trailer for Truth Seekers, which is, uh. Simon uh, reuniting Simon Pegg and Nick Frost looks like Nick Frost is the the star of the series and I, I believe Simon Pegg plays more of a, a smaller role in it and it is uh, from their production company correct Bill yes it is yeah um, but it's like a like a paranormal uh, I don't even know the synopsis because I just saw that they're in it and I'm like oh I'll, I'll be watching it as soon as it drops uh, but it looks like Nick Frost is like a paranormal investigator. And uh, they get into like an actual haunted house, and not like a you know a bullshit one like every other show. Uh, but Bill, do you know anything more about this show outside of uh, my two favorite people are in it? Yeah, I'm trying to find that out right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been something that they've talked about for a while. Like Peg and Frost uh, started their own production company, Stolen Picture. Um, you know, they had you know obviously been involved with Edgar Wright for years in Ira Park. Uh, they're both producer, director on space, res- uh, sort of respectively, which what I just said. Um, Big Talk Pictures was the original um, production house, but they have their own. And, you know, Peg was obviously involved in The Boys. Uh, he played uh, the dad of our lead hero. Uh, lead hero. Jesus, I've had lots of drink. Um, so yeah, no, it's, uh, it's their own baby and it's kind of cool, you know, it's because we've seen what they could do outside of the, uh, trappings of Edgar Wright with Paul, which, um, I think is kind of an underrated movie. I liked it a lot myself. Oh, oh. I love Paul. 
Paul's great. I, I just saw it for the first time a few months ago mm-hmm. with Cole. Mm-hmm. I had never seen it because my impression was people were like, oh, it's not that great. And I saw it and I was like, this is lovely and charming. That's yeah, like, very cute. Yeah. It's a very charming film. What a cast, too. What a great cast. Yeah. Who was the female lead in that one? That was Kristen Week. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kristen Week, Sigourney. The, uh, uh, the voice of the aliens. Sigourney Jason Weaver. Bateman, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, Bateman is cast. so good. He's yeah, great in that. I have had I love so that. much drink on this podcast. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, I am stoked for this series because I am very intrigued to see what these guys who I have been a fan of oof, going on 14 years probably now, um, what what they're going to do without Edgar directing them. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's 16 years. Well, for me, I'm just saying. Did you watch Shaun of the Dead in 2004? Uh, 2006. And 14 years. Fuck you. Yeah, you know, hey, sometimes math, I know. Uh, but to see these guys, like, without Edgar Wright doing their own thing, doing a series like this, this is stuff they've dabbled in, in Spaced, which is, if you've never seen Spaced, the TV series, one, oh, oh Cole, I could not love you more for nodding your head. Um, one of yeah, I've watched them many times. Yeah. One of the greatest sitcoms of all time, in my opinion. Al's opinion, I'm sure, too. And I guess your guys' opinion. Great yeah, show to watch. We all agree. To see them do something like this, I'm like, I'm hooked day one. Going to watch this on Amazon Prime. I'm not a huge binger just because of, you know, life. But for this, <laughs> it's appointment watching. I, they didn't announce a... The one thing that was a little disappointing was they didn't announce a, a premiere date, did they? I don't believe so, which is no, that's frustrating. Like them. I know the boys is going to be their next big yeah. release, and that's mm-hmm. probably late August, early September, like last year. Right. Which I have not completed that series yet, but it was fantastic. Um, but man, if this comes out as a Halloween release, oh, perfect That'd timing. Perfect. That would be really good. It, it looks it looks like a like a really funny campy like X Files. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in. Like I'm in for it. But I don't know. I'm excited to see Nick Frost kind of be front and center since he's always kind of been like the the tag teamy type role. Um, he's never really had. He's never had that big role. I mean, like he did. Um, there was that show he did on AMC, oh. but he's like a sec. Um, Wait. Wait, he was the lead in one movie. He's the lead in a movie Cuban, with uh, Cuban Fury. Fucking love Cuban Fury. Have to ask. I love it. I love it because he's great in it, and he's the leading man. And uh, it's a great. It's it's him versus. Um, what was it? Uh, the, no, the dude from the dude from um, the IT crowd. The main guy, Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd, yeah. And uh, my wife um, loves Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, and uh, uh, the love interest is uh, uh, Rashida Jones. So it's a, it's a solid movie. It's uh, I just love Nick Frost, and I yeah, I want to see him step up and, and be in this. Like I rewatched The World's End the other day, and I love him in that because it's it's he plays the serious role, whereas it's usually uh, usually right. Simon Pegg who does that, and he does it great. And fuck that movie's so funny. Yeah, I love The World's End, he, and. It, got a good range he plays he three very different people in all three of those movies that's right that's even though in sean and hot fuzz he plays 
the funny character, but like they're funny in very different ways. I would, yeah. yeah. I would like to say that my World's End review, which was retweeted and liked by Edgar Wright, nice. from what, six, seven years ago? is 2013. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that on a screening, which I sprinted to because I went to, went to the wrong theater. Uh, <laughs> was the reason Al Manorino joined this site. Because if you could... You, yeah. you were a big I'll fan of that tweet sure. and that review. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I yeah. still remember seeing awesome. World's End in the theater, and I just remember laughing so hard. Like, I remember feeling like, oh, my God, I might pee my pants. Yeah. And I don't feel that often. Yeah, I, I watched it, like, about a year ago, and I always liked it, but I was always like, it's probably my least favorite of the three. But I think it might be my favorite of the three now. No, I- that's ridiculous. I always I say that Shaun of the Dead is my favorite. Hot Fuzz is the funniest. The World's End is the best. Like, it's actually the best movie of them, like, the, in terms of story. And um, it's them at, like, the top of their game in terms of, like, everything that they've established in the first two movies. The humor. And then, of course, like, the int- intricate, like, little details and Easter eggs and things like that. World's End is just, like top form and and everything but Shaun the Dead is like legitimately my favorite movie I can tell you that I have not watched this film even though I own it on DVD I have not watched this film since that screening oh you gotta watch it no 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 no. because when I saw it at that time a really low time in my life and I watched that movie I'm like this movie is perfect Mm-hmm. And part of me never wants to ruin that experience because I'm yeah. just like to go back to because I will always remember that screening because the thing that sucked about this again a little inside baseball was I was supposed to interview Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, uh, but I hadn't seen the film, and I told well, them I said, "Listen, I can I can do an interview without seeing this film. That is no problem. I almost killed Simon Pegg in real life." Because, fun story, <laughs> Al knows the story. a good way to start. No, this is a great way to start. Yeah, because like, Space came to America, yeah. and they did a whole screening. It was a hot, balmy summer day in New York City. We high-fived, me and Simon Pegg, because he was like doing the rounds with the audience. I high-fived him. Also at that screening, David Cross, smallest man in the world, Paul Rudd, tallest man in the world, Bill Hader. I high-fived him, my hand slipped off his hand, and I almost put my palm through his nose up into his brain base, nearly murdered him. You know who knew that? Simon Pegg, who almost said, holy shit, Bill. No, he didn't say Bill. He said, holy shit, man, you almost killed me. I said, I know, and I'm really sorry about that. And um, he came back around. He looked at me, he's like, oh, you're not going to kill me, are you? I'm like, um, true story. My wife was God. Your celeb stories never end well, outside of Keanu. Keanu was a great story. I don't know if I That's did. I tell it on a podcast. Did you I did. This one two. I don't know. Well, whatever. Listen, don't don't ask my memory anything. But literally, literally last week was it was like, it last week with Nick? Did I tell the whole story? I couldn't remember if I told the whole story or not. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know exactly what you say, Bill, when you're like, I don't want to see this again because it was such a perfect experience the yeah. first time. That's exactly how I feel about 
the, I guess it's controversial to say this, but about Interstellar, I was like, Which I haven't seen. I saw it in theaters and I was like, this was so moving and incredible that I don't think I want to see it again because it was so amazing and I still haven't seen it again except for when I saw it when it came out however many years ago because I loved it so much and I thought it was great. Yeah, yes, yeah. even the Anne Hathaway part, fuck you. I, it's like, it, it's like that and Get Out. I'm like, I can never watch these movies again because in the moment, yeah. they were so both so good and spoke to me in obviously way different ways. Right. That I can never go back and watch them again. And the world's end. If you've never seen and there's a lot of people who haven't seen this movie, go watch this movie. You will love this because it applies so much to like friendships and like bar crawls and like uh, drinking sister, and I mean, growing old. I know I've drank a lot on this podcast, but Sisters of Mercy, like and there's so much good shit in this film. This is a great soundtrack. Too. Oh, yeah. the soundtracks are always great in Edgar films. I think one of my favorite things about Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and, and Edgar Wright in those movies in particular is that so many people I know who love them, they all have a favorite thing that they love. Like, like Al, you're, you say your favorite is Shaun of the Dead. And yeah. Bill, yours is favorite is World's End. It's not. I have it's felt, actually not. It's Spaced is my favorite thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. Um, but of, of, of those three films... My favorite has always been Hot Fuzz because I <laughs> so really nice. deeply believe every single line, every single shot, every single thing. I actually think it's a perfect film. If mm. if I someone had to ask me like like what is a perfect film oh. from beginning to end, like I would probably say you know like Into the Spider Verse. That's a perfect film. Yes. But Hot Fuzz yeah. is a perfect movie. There isn't one offbeat. There isn't one weird moment from beginning to end. Yeah. It is perfect. And I don't feel that any other Edgar Wright movie is perfect, except for that one. Wow. You Mothers is still I, one of I my favorites. I am favorite. Mothers. You Mothers. <laughs> Al, I, I mean, mothers. come on. In our, our day-to-day conversations, Yarp. Yarp and, and Shame oh. are, like, th- the probably two of the most used gifts that I use. Like, the, Yarp? No, shame. Yeah. That, I you use that shame is great, and you time. also do Kim. People are dying. Oh yeah, that too. That's but that's great. that is the best, which I used in a conversation with you today, and you know, soul. Um, yeah. um, dick. But yeah, uh, that was this week's. Uh, yeah, Truth Seekers, Amazon Prime, no release date yet, but we'll get it soon. I believe it is already we finished. We will cover the crap out of that. I would tell you. Yeah, that. I'm. I'm, I'm uh, there's only eight episodes, so yeah, that's, that sounds right. I, I kind of like that. I like this like short, sweet, good. Yeah, I'm hoping too that we can get uh, we can secure an interview with uh, oh. at least Nick Frost. That would be the best. Like that would be we can ideal. Talk about being bears. It would be great. Yeah, I hope Bill gets to interview Nick Frost again. That'd be fantastic. Again, oh. I've never interviewed him once. In in your dreams, you have. True story. We're gonna talk about his movie he did about wrestling. Fighting with my family. Oh, oh, yeah, he did that with The Rock. Which I yeah. still featuring, featuring uh Florence Pugh pre Midsummer and Little Women. Yes. Yeah. Florence Pugh. Is the rare pre Pew. She's the rare pre Pew. That's oh. the worst I've ever Oof. heard. Well, I'm not gonna continue. 
<laughs> Love it. Um, all right, but uh, let's go on to uh, music in a time of quarantine. Music have... in a time of quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, Bill with his hit single, Music in a Time of Quarantine. Uh, yeah, so uh, what are you guys listening to? We'll start with uh, Cole. Oh, yeah. I like putting him on the spot. It's going to be some dark. I've been listening to the Hamilton soundtrack for sure. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. perfect. And you sing it all the time. Yeah, I do. Shit, but can like, you sing it now? Uh, uh, he'll, he'll, when I say sing it, like he'll go to feed our cat and you'll say. Oh, wait, wait, like, wait. Let's give a proper shout out to your cat. To Monroe. Monroe. Who we stand, who has been loafing next to us this whole time, waiting for more food. But like, it'll be sober. It'll be very quiet, and then you'll be like, um, "Work, work." <laughs> That's <laughs> great. What are, what are you doing? And you're like, "Work, work." Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been listening to that a lot. Uh, still listen to most of my music, just whatever. Is on YouTube. Some dark uh, wave synth. Yeah. 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 That's about it, really. Yeah. But the Hamilton soundtrack, after we saw it, um, started listening to it a lot. And I, I haven't put it on myself, but just from hearing you listen to it, I will get songs stuck in my head, like, helpless. It's like that song was created to get stuck in your head. He's stuck in my head all the time. Yeah. Um, so, Kat, what have you been listening to and reviewing? What if, <laughs> LOL. <laughs> um, I want to thank um, our friend Ken for introducing me to a new band I've never heard of. Um, they are called, oh God, they're called Jealous of Birds. Love the name. Very, yeah, very Solid. bizarre. Um, he just sent me one <laughs> song. That's called Young Neanderthal. <laughs> and they're very indie, can you tell? Nope. And um, they have like a stop motion music video. It's just like, it's a really good song. Um, he sent it to me because he knows that I love Father John Misty, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is, he's kind of like folksy, um, Misty-ish, but more like poppy. So highly, highly recommend that. Um... What about you, Al? What have you been listening to? Um, I, I was going to use this time to talk uh, to talk new Taylor Swift and, and folklore, and you can read Kat's review of folklore. And it's don't... so good. I was going to say... I'm not talking about the, the album. I'm talking about what <laughs> no. Kat wrote. Yeah, no, I was going to say... So good. Read Kat's awesome review. Don't reach out to her on social if you didn't like it. Um, just yeah, go fuck yourself. Don't be a song. dick. Yeah, don't be an ass. So I I was I was tweeting about this earlier today. I actually wasn't even referring to myself. Were there people who accused me of uh, shitting on Taylor Swift and being uh, sexist and misogynist and having and um, utilizing internalized misogyny by giving her a middling review? Did people tell me that? Yes. Were people also attacking a Pitchfork reviewer who gave? Folklore in 8.0 out of 10 at Wait. Pitchfork, which we all know an 8.0 at Pitchfork is like an 11 yeah. anywhere it's else. Like, it's like Dark Side of the Moon. I yeah, know. like I get it. Pitchfork is 
fucking pretentious. Yeah. And I can tell you, I've seen great. I've seen Taylor Swift videos at Great Adventure theme parks when she was just starting out. But like an 8.0 on on Pittsburgh is is fucking huge. Also, anyone shitting on your view, I'm giving you the finger right now on this podcast because go fuck yourself because it's a very balanced review. Also, I've drank a pint of Tito's, so fuck off. Take a pause, Bill. Um, oh, I will. Hold uh, on, hold on. Go fuck yourself. Thank you. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, for me, um, I was going to talk folklore. I, I'm going to uh, choose not to now. So I'm going to no, talk you about. Should. You should. No, no, I, no, I truly I don't. shame you into talking about it. No, no, no. I will say that I, I did very much enjoy the album. I, I knew as soon as she announced it, like what it was going to like kind of feel and sound like. Sure. And I'm a big fan of the Bony Bear track. Uh, which yeah, I think is, is that exi- Exile? Exile. It's so good. Listen it's to it. It's really good. It's, it's so good. That's a solid track. Uh, but I, I, that's as much as I want to say about the, with, about Taylor Swift right now. The two albums that I'm going to bring up, um, uh, Cole, I do feel your pain though. I've been uh, singing the Moana soundtrack to myself. Oh, yeah, so good. So guys, it's so pretty good. good. I haven't it's really good. Wait, 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 wait. Um, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's isolate this clip for a second. Have you never seen Moana? I yeah. haven't seen Moana, not for any particular reason. Okay. I just had never. I'm telling you it's, now, it's great. You, you will love it. Now, I think, again, like, I really think it's up your alley. I think you'll watch this and be like, one, I want I, I just want to be in a, a tropical state of mind. That's mm-hmm. true. And two, which who doesn't? I've been to Hawaii. It's great. And, like, you will love. If you yeah. like anything Lin-Manuel Miranda has done, you will love that soundtrack. Yeah. He did yeah. the he, he did the music for it. It's really great. And um, um, what's, your, why, what's your song off that soundtrack? Oh, man. Well, Parker looks to me to sing uh, You're Welcome, which is, like, the best oh. thing ever. So, <laughs> Which, you know, The Rock, if you follow him on Instagram... Has yeah. to sing to his daughter, yeah. almost every single night. Yep, it's great. Um, it's and great. you know what though, the whole when I say the whole soundtrack is great, I mean I'm telling you right now, the Moana soundtrack is, is it's just filled with bangers and bops. I'm telling you right now. Be, like um, Ben really, Mason, where are you? Bangers and bops, man. Like I, I, yep. I, I full, I never agree with Al, a hundred percent. Agreeing a hundred percent right. Yeah, Moana brings so, you together. Yeah, so for you, for 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 you uh, uh, parents out there, Moana soundtrack. But for you parents who want to rock, uh, something that got me in a really good mood the other day, and I revisited it again, was the self-titled uh, album from Boston. It is so <laughs> fucking good. You don't like that? You don't no, like I the, do. I do. I was gonna say. Um, yeah. Feel so, fuck you. Come on, greatest song of all time. Listen. The, the first four songs, it's more than a feeling, peace of mind, foreplay, long time, and rock and roll band. Like, oh, if you don't want to go fucking play rock band or Guitar Hero after you listen to this album, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and Al, then, the yeah. most dad shit you've ever said. I know, right? I agree. Um, As an older then, dad, totally yeah. agree. <laughs> and then and then really quickly going to bring it hipster, like bring it back down to my level. Uh, revisited one of my favorite albums, Bankrupt by Phoenix. It is like their first kind of concept album. And it's one of those like, if 
if I listen to the first song, I have to listen to the whole thing. It's it's perfectly well crafted. It took them away from like radio songs and and uh, Cadillac commercials and made them into like the band that I love them today. And Tiamo, their follow up is also a masterpiece, I believe. Bankrupt is like super super underlooked. I think it's such a great album. It was amazing to see live, but it's you know again, it's a start to finish like you know that's what you're doing for the next hour like don't you can't listen to a song off it it's perfect also al has shot phoenix and all of the photos are gorgeous al is contractually contractually obligated drunk to uh reference phoenix on a podcast once a month much like (laughs) we are contractually obligated to have cat on our podcast once a month that's true but uh yeah our, our new our yeah. Our mutual friend Ken, I agree wholeheartedly when he says they're like the best live band. They really are. They're so good. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find Ken on social media? Yeah. Oh man, what is what is uh, his actual? Because it's his app is Kenami Photo. That's K E N A M I Photo on Instagram. I and don't follow sure him. That- but you guys okay. put him over so much that I have to mm-hmm. say, hey, this is a guy people should follow. Yeah. And I've, yeah. seen, his, I've yeah. seen his photos. They're fantastic. And you can subscribe to his new podcast called The New Exchange, uh, which you can find on uh, Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get podcasts. Uh, we're going to we're going to do a uh, we're going to have him, him on very soon to hopefully promote it. And uh, oh, one day. These, this is news to me. I guess I won't talk oh. about that podcast. <laughs> no. You're not. You're not coming. Uh, you're not invited. But no, uh, I'd love to. I'd love to have Ken on because he's great and we get along so well. Not just the music, but like pretty much everything. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my shout out for Ken this week. Uh, Bill, what are you listening to? Well, Al, I gotta shout you out for a second because Don't today I had a Barbie fashion show with my daughter Sophie, and one of the songs we played was "Stupid Love" by Lady Gaga off her most recent album. And as you said, it is a bop and a banger. Yeah, it is. it's the song of the summer, man. It's and can't do anything. Most about of the it. times, I say Elle is so wrong, but yet so right. This is the song of the summer. It's wonderful. It's great. <laughs> Not... it's like video... The music video is so fabulous. It's so I mean. amazing. Robert it's Rodriguez. So really? Yeah. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. Bro, yeah, he he's ha- gonna be doing Lady Gaga Mandalorian was in uh, Lady Gaga was in Sin City too. Absolutely oh, was. Yeah, she was. I know, right? And we've she interviewed Robin Rodriguez, Al. Al. We did. On yeah, uh, the pop Brian interviewed him for uh, for the from Dust Till Dawn TV series that they had. On the ill fated El Rey Network, which is still going if you have uh, SD. How is it ill-fated, then? Is it still going? Yeah, yeah. it's not anywhere near yeah. what it right. once was. I've always wanted to get it, but it's not Listen, available like any... They had, they, were, they had Lucha Underground on it. That's why I watched. Yeah. But it's on SD. Wrestling is what gets me to the game. But my, uh-huh. my music pick this week is a song I have been hoping to get a Spotify for years... It's by a band called Fu Manchu, as Al just leaves the podcast. Um, 
called Squash That Fly. It's from 2003. Uh, if you're into, like, low-end, fuzzy bass-type stoner metal, wow, this is the band for you, my friends. Uh, I'm just getting through. Why are they just getting on Spotify now? It's this album is getting on Spotify, mm-hmm. which is called okay. California Crossing. It was the lead single office of the record, uh, which came out, like I said, in 2002. Uh, Squash That Fly, Fly um, came out, uh, I think K-Rock or whatever was out on Alternative Radio on the yeah, East yeah. Coast was playing it. Uh, super low end, super fuzzy, super bassy. Uh, just, I love this song so much. If you're into Sonar Metal like a Caius, uh, you'll definitely love this uh, song. So yeah, Squash That Fly by Fu Manchu from early aughts. Uh, definitely a song you should be checking out. Sounds cool. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely check that out. No, you uh, won't. I really won't. And <laughs> I will. It sounds the re- cool. The recommendations are for our audience of one, which is the some unlucky soul that's listening to this Spoiler at this point. Spoiler alert. Al will never listen to anything I recommend. And I sometimes will listen to what he recommends. We, uh, Cole and I definitely take your recommendations. We we, we watched Bluey. The, the, no, we did. The I mean, show objectively for four-year-olds. We watched it. We loved it. It's an amazing show. They got new episodes out now. Love it. And I cried at one of them. My wife um, almost did too, and she cried too much. It, wow, it's, it. it's funny, like, like, because me and Bill, we started this as as two dads who needed a break from being dads, but love talking about dad stuff. And like Disney Plus oh. is arguably the best platform for just like any person. Like it's the obvious choice if like if there's an actual like streaming war yeah. and like people have to die, like companies wise. I think Disney's gonna be out on top because they have such a crazy back catalog of like oh. I want to watch some random, like, I'm like, I don't want to watch Moana for the 10th time this week. What can I show Parker? Oh, Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Right? Like, oh, Wally. Fuck yeah. Let me show him, like, you know, I'm gonna, deep cuts. I'm going to cut you shit. off for a second because on our TV Break podcast, which you can hear on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, we talk What's about streaming wars every month. Disney Plus is usually on top. Yeah, we talked about this month. We haven't even got to the fact Disney Plus is not only premiering this week for the oldies, the Muppets, Mupp- Muppet the, ne- uh, Muppets now, but for the Bayhive, Blackest King is coming out on the thirty yeah. first, and that's only going to get like like I said, Hamilton did a seventy two percent increase on app activations. The Bayhive is going to do like four hundred percent. Yeah. For Blackest King, I'm telling you, based wow. off Lion King two songs, or Lion King no, and... like the 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 like the the John Favreau Lion King. Oh, she was uh, she was uh, Nala. Nala. Yes, she was. She was Nala. Yeah. yeah. I'm so telling you, to... that's going to be huge. Like, yeah. and like we like there's things that happen online right now or streaming right now, like the new Dave Franco film was mm-hmm. like. 
the number one stream slash rental for the month. And I don't even know what the fuck that is called. But that's you know Stars who? Allison Bree. Yes, but yeah. Cole's good buddy and pop rec writer Sam Niles will be reviewing that. Oh yeah. Good. Yes, good. and he'd be doing it brilliantly. But like that's the thing, like when Beyonce drops on Disney Plus, I'm telling you, the world is gonna shake because of yeah. this game. I mean that's what Hamilton did and I don't know why we got into this, but I think it's just because, like I said, well, you're there's talking so about Disney stuff. Plus, so I'm saying, like, you know. well, yeah, and and no, I'm I'm just saying that, like, they they have it right, and we shit on them in the past of like saying, like, you know, you had Mandalorian, now what? And it's just like the back catalog makes up for it. It's insane. Well, where I, can, like, I I will yeah, say about we're Disney talking Plus, about Halloween but... Town, so yeah, it's gonna happen. I'm showing right. Sophie that tomorrow. It's that, great. Great, she'll love it. I'm doing the it. one thing I will say about Disney Plus that I do have a problem with, though it's also a problem I have with Hulu as well. Both of their interfaces Horrible. are not user friendly. Terrible. And, oh, really? Uh, I thought it was okay. No, Disney Plus, it's it's better than Hulu, I think, in terms of like finding things. Okay. But it looks so bad. Like it just and it's very slow. And there's also no logic to it. If you're in the middle of watching a show, like I was re-watching Lizzie McGuire several months ago, it was a low point. Should. We don't need to Excellent. It doesn't, when you re-log in at Disney+, Plus, it doesn't take you, it doesn't show you where you last were. I had to re-search Lizzie McGuire or, like, go down to, like, the Disney Channel things and then click through the episodes, which is very yeah, annoying yeah. and feels like a very easy fix. Mm-hmm. But it could be we're all spoiled because Netflix generally has had a good user face. But in terms yeah. of content, Disney does have a lot. I think they have the right idea at the top with the with the different buttons. But like yeah. Disney as a button is too general. Like having yeah. a Pixar and a Marvel button are great and like getting to places like that. But they should have like a, you know, like Disney's 2000. Yeah. Uh, to now and then yeah. like maybe like, like 90s, like 80s so yeah. i think that would because be if beneficial. you look at what disney now like currently is and i guess because mm. of dad who's watching descendants and zombies a lot yeah that's not listed in an area where you can just go to yeah like the disney now like not disney now because that's the name of their streaming service but mm. like What's currently trending on Disney is not yeah. what's being shown. Yeah. Right. But you, yeah. Al, I think you and I have both extolled the virtues of the Imagineering documentary yeah. series. I oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have another one. Did I mention this yet about prop culture on Disney Plus? I have to get into that. Guys, prop, prop culture, culture sounds amazing. Plus. So, about props and Disney movies? No, no, no. It not is, just Disney movies. I think right correct so it's like the brief pitch is basically it's like it's like a he's a prop collector like like a world famous like prop collector who's trying to find lost Disney and Disney adjacent um props yeah so um the first episode I think is Mary Poppins and you learn so many interesting things about like all the different items and stuff but like there is a Tron episode there is a Who Framed Roger Rabbit episode oh. there is a Nightmare Before Christmas episode that's fucking oh. excellent. Yeah so it's like 
Yeah, prop culture on Disney Plus. That you know what? Fuck it. That's my watch list, and we're getting into that now. That's my watch list pick. Yeah, it's prop culture. The watch list. There is no theme song for this section. I'm gonna um, sing it right now because I just drank a pint of Tito's. So fuck exactly. It. Let's get to Bill's pick for this week before he uh, no, falls asleep. Uh, so I watched them. So I didn't really have a pick for this week because what I've been watching is literally the Disney food blog, which is this. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Look up Disney food blog. And uh, there's like older stuff that just takes me back to a time pre pandemic that just like kind of eliminates a lot of the stress in my life and also wrestling which no one cares about but me um so i watched a movie this weekend and called hannibal with julianne moore with anthony hopkins ray liotta and it's not the best movie but if you've seen this movie and you kind of like dig the science of the lambs universe definitely check out the series hannibal to me, it's one of the greatest television shows of all time. One of the greatest television anomalies of all time. This came out on NBC in, uh, I don't know what year it came out, but I want to say 2014, because my daughter was born that year, and I was construing where I worked at the time, which was the uh, aforementioned on another podcast company that Al and I will not talk about because we work at the same place. So, anyway, it was on NBC. They threw it on originally Thursday nights at like 10. Then it moved to Fridays. Then it moved to Saturdays. It was, it was a show that if it had debuted on Netflix or HBO, would have been, in my opinion, one of the most heralded greatest shows of all time and the show is called Hannibal starring uh, Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal Lecter and Hugh Dancy as uh, Will um, who's the uh, the Edward Norton character in Red Dragon and and, and the guy from uh, CSI and Manhunter William Peterson yes. William Peterson that is absolutely correct. If you've never seen the 1986-ish uh, film Manhunter with William Peterson, go find that. It's awesome. Good, good movie. Yeah. Also, just going to say Bill's got a bit of a William Peterson vibe. I just realized Oh, that. my God, you do. Please fill me in as I'm <laughs> totally drunk. But please fill me in on my William Peterson CSI vibe. If you if if you converted all of the passion that you have to talk about wrestling into talking about weird bugs, you would totally be Gil Grissom yeah. on CSI Los yeah, Angeles. It's true. Wow, that is the first time I've ever heard that. I totally appreciate that. Well, um, thing. So the NBC series only ran for a few years. Lawrence Fishburne played if you've ever seen Silence of Lambs. Mm-hmm. You know the Scott Glenn character that was played by Lawrence Fishburne, and yes. probably played a hell of a lot better. Uh, for NBC, this was a very risky series because it was extremely violent, yeah, extremely graphic. 
very disturbing. Too. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked that it was on NBC. It was produced Whenever, by the same it. human oh. being who brought us America, the first season of American Gods. Right. And uh, I don't remember who they that person is because I do research. Uh, Bert, but it is a great Brian show. Yeah. Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller. It is an amazing series that you absolutely should check out. We've reviewed most of the series on thepopbreak.com. Myself, Aaron Sarnecki, Matt Taylor. It is a, visually speaking, masterful watch. Uh, from a dramatic uh, perspective, Hugh Dancy and Mads Mikkelsen are perfect together. It's one of my favorite shows I've ever seen of all time. And unfortunately, like I said, it debuted on NBC. The series finale ended up on Cozy because of the Olympics. It is the perfect binge watch during this time because it is a fascinating show to watch. Um, Eddie Izzard showed up as a uh, guest star um, in in certain part in the first and second season. And I'm just telling you, Hannibal is on Netflix right now. Go watch the show. You will find out how much the show was underrated, underappreciated, and underviewed at the time. If this show showed up now on Netflix or HBO... It would be the show we are all talking about. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I've been wanting to. I watched the first most of the first season when it came out, and then just kind of dropped off. But I've always been wanting to rewatch the whole thing. I tell you, the the final season they kind of get into the Red Dragon series. They bring in Richard Armitage, Armitage as the Red Dragon. Good. Oh, I love him. Oh. He is so good. Uh, Ray Fiennes probably did a better version of Red Dragon. R- Richard Armitage is great. We stand. We stand. Do they do they get someone as good as Philip Seymour Hoffman as the nosy journalist guy? <laughs> I think they get a woman to Philip oh, But right. I'm not a hundred percent sure. No, but I, I, like I, they do yeah. a very good job with like literally every part. And I'm telling you, Lawrence Fishburne, as opposed to Scott Glenn, a hundred times better. They get to do so much better drama with him, with him as his, with him and his wife, played by his real life wife at the time. It's fantastic. You got to get into this series, Hannibal. Netflix, Hannibal. perfect. Cat, what do yeah. you recommend people watch? Um. Worry about. I have, <laughs> I have three very different recommendations. Go. They're all TV shows. Um, first, Lizzie um, McGuire. No. Yes. Whoa. Something. The next. The next closest thing to Lizzie McGuire is called Mrs. America. Mm-hmm. It is an FX yes. show. It is on Hulu, and it is this great. show is fucking incredible. It's so upsetting to me that no one is talking about it because... I mean, it's a miniseries. It's done. The TV Break Break podcast, I think in April or May, that was Uh our main show we talked about. 
is amazing. It's fucking incredible. It's it literally multiple episodes moved me to tears, and I'm not someone who will necessarily cry a lot at things, but the acting is so stellar. For people who don't know about it, um, you could watch it on Hulu. It's an FX show. It focuses on um, the main women at the center of the Equal Rights Amendment in the 70s, which was um, attempted, it, it passed through Congress and needed to be ratified by at least uh, two-thirds or three-quarters of states, I can't remember, by 38 states um, in order to be an official amendment. Um, so it features you know, real-life people such as Gloria Steinem and Betty Friedan and Phyllis Schlafly. Phyllis Schlafly is very famously known as an extremely conservative woman who did everything to stop the ERA. And she is played so exquisitely by um, Kate Blanchett. She is so, so good. And Rose Byrne plays uh, Gloria Steinem. And it's just so incredible. There are nine episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, they're so fucking good. Um, the showrunners, interestingly enough, or I should say not the showrunners. I take that back. Yeah. The main showrunner was a, uh, random producer on Mad Men, which makes a lot of sense because it's a period piece and it's so fucking good. And Roger's in it. And right. And Roger Sterling is in it. Also known as Tony Stark's father. And speaking of Marvel, um, reoccurring directors and I think executive producers on the show are the two directors who directed Captain Marvel. Yeah, and they do quite a good job on the show, which they didn't for that movie. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Um, Their directing is actually so good. And, like, I want to recommend this to everybody. It's, like, educational. You learn a lot. And also, most importantly, what I love about it, is even though it's talking a lot about uh, the women's rights movement and all that stuff, the show really gets into like being intersectional. So it shows um, uh, Shirley Chisholm, who was the first uh, black woman to have a presidential campaign. I didn't even know about Yes. Um, and uh, how there was like a rise in black feminism at that time. And they felt the need to separate from feminism in general because it wasn't intersectional which is something that we still go about today and it's just but then like they kind of start splitting off because like yes. they don't want to have like black lesbians in their yes. group it's some it's very interesting it's fascinating it's so apropos so relevant so relevant yes um mrs america on hulu everyone watch my second recommendation um is on netflix and it is the very delightful show the babysitter's club Um, this can be watched by anybody, but it's really like a kid's show and it is so great. And when Bill comes back, I want him to know that Sophie should watch this. Um, it's extremely age appropriate. All of the girls are like 12 or 13 or something. And they're like normal 12, 13 year old girls. They're not like doing it's not like fucking gossip girl like it's actually really sweet and it's based off of the books um the babysitters club and in addition to being uh extremely um age appropriate it's really really sweet 
And the the Babysitter's Club, if, if people don't know the story, it's about a group of girls who decide to create a club and they babysit the kids in the neighborhood. And there's so, there's like very moving episodes. Claudia is um, a Japanese girl who's a member of the club and she learns about how her grandmother was in an internment camp during oh World God. War II. Sounds heavy. It, it is, but it's it's like four kids and so it helps them like learn about it. And um, one of the babysitters also takes care of a trans girl what? who gets sick and has to go to the hospital. And she stands up because the doctors are misgendering. Whoa, I got to watch this. I know. It's <laughs> lit. It's woke. It sounds and good. if you have kids, watch it with them so they can talk about really important things. It's so sweet. That's my second recommendation. Alicia Silverstone's in it. Oh, yeah. Alicia Silverstone is someone's mom in it. So that's just... Bit of a 90s throwback. <laughs> yeah. That tells you everything. And lastly, this recommendation is personally for both you, Al, and Bill. As Cole and I were watching this, I forget who said it first, but we turned to each other and I was like, oh, my God. Like, Bill would love this. Like, oh, my God. Al needs to watch this. It's an animated show called... What is it? Oh, the Ninja Turtle show? Not the Ninja Turtle show. The one that I said that they should watch. The, 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 the one about, about like, the, the parents taking care of their oh, kids. Oh, Close Enough. Close Enough. Which is on HBO Max. It's on HBO Max, which I know is annoying. I'm sorry. But it's amazing. It's about, like, uh, early 30s, late 20-somethings. They have a kid, and they're married, and they're not, like, saying... I um, was never a big fan of it, but this is kind of more for adults. It's weird. It's produced by Cartoon Network, but it's... Their first adult It's for adults. It's not on Cartoon Network. Yeah. So, thank you guys for recommending this, because I keep forgetting that I want to watch this show, because I am the biggest Jason Manzoukas fan. Oh, and yeah. He basically plays... Uh, I love Zooks. I have a, a Geostorm shirt from Tee Public, which is like a How Did This Get Made shirt, and he's like riding the Geostorm, like like trying to like survive it. I'm like deep cuts, uh, uh, Jason Manzoukas fan. So I've been really excited about this, and it's the same. It looks like the same animation. What? Uh, it looks just like regular show, but Cat, I, I missed that last part you just said. I would say just oh, like just watch the first episode. I'm, in. And, I'm gonna watch it right like, after it right away. It's like it's kind of goofy. It could get really surreal at parts. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so good. Yeah, it's not stupid. No, it's it's not stupid. Like, and I thought it might have been because regular show had like a lot of dumb humor in it, but it, it's written more with adults in mind and feels very relatable. Honestly. Yes. I'm, like we I'm don't not- even. I was going to say, Cole and I don't have kids, and I relate to the characters. Yeah. And, like, everything they're going through. Yeah. So. I'm literally going to watch it right when we're done recording. <laughs> oh, my God. Please. I, I have HBO Max set up. Like, I'm going to watch it. Okay, yeah. good. I've been, well, I've been watching Doom Patrol. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah um, so th- those those are my recs. Three very yeah. different recommendations. Um, this episode will be premiering on Friday, so um, it will actually be the day that Umbrella Academy Season 2 drops, and I can't fucking wait to watch that, too. Yeah. yeah. We're, get, we're getting Muppets now and Umbrella Academy on the same day. That's going to be yeah. a good battle. I heard good things. I heard it's... 
I well, think they, I think they realize that, and they're going back to like a variety show kind of thing. Remember when Kermit and Miss Piggy like got a divorce? What the fuck was that? Just and then remember when they made the Happy Times murder movie? Oh, I, I gotta admit oh. that. That them admit, though, right? Wasn't or wasn't it like it was directed by Jim Henson's son? Yeah, but weren't know, like the like wasn't the Disney like not about so like supporting no, that anyway? It, it wasn't a Disney movie. It was it was Brian Henson kind of taking the Muppets Oof. brand and creating his own thing with mm-hmm. it, and it's just a fucking disaster. I heard it's really bad. I remember the trailer being kind of funny, and then I heard the movie was like horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> No. No. Oh. No. No. Well, he was right. It was as much of a hit as Sausage Party, which... It did. Yeah, that was a bomb. I will never forget yeah. our Terrible. former Yeah, Dan Cohen saying, yeah, I think I we're mean, down, this will yeah. be... We're down to coal. A huge yeah, hit. Yes. Uh, my Much recommendation like is was uh, so this is a show I slept on for a while even though I had several friends that worked on it um, and also I don't know if it's been officially announced that it's cancelled but really it's well. 100% cancelled now time but uh, on Nickelodeon oh. there's a show called The Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, which is they had that one show that was like the CG animated show for many years that a lot of people liked um, but then they, they, that ended. And so they did this new iteration of it called rise of the Ninja Turtles where it's 2d animated. And I, I had seen like some of it before, but, but I, I was seeing clips of it on animation Twitter just cause people have been like freaking out over it because like it has like these amazingly kinetic action scenes and it, it looks like anime yeah it looks like anime but it also looks like a jack kirby comic book but like it, it's it's so crazy and over the top uh the guy who does it is this guy named andy suriano who was one of the one, one of the creative people behind like samurai jack like he, he's kind of a yeah. he's a disciple of gendy tartakovsky so it's got a bit of that going on in it and it's just so crazy like when you watch it it's like almost kind of like sensory overload but it when it, when you watch it it's really like watching the best cartoon ever for like a 10 year old boy <laughs> yeah like it's it's that but it's like the it's not it's not like dumb though like yeah, it, it's not stupid or, or like it is but like it's that's not a that's almost like a good quality to it like it sort of leans into it yeah it, it's like the lawrence of arabia of like a stupid kids cartoon but it's awesome (laughs) as someone who doesn't really understand animation like you do cole i would describe it as like samurai jack meets the powerpuff girls meets the ninja turtles like it's really like silly but the animation is beautiful and there's just like a lot of artistry to the show it's a it's a bummer that it was pretty much canceled just because they're gonna be making something else with it yeah there's i could go on all day about a bunch of crap that happens at nickelodeon but i won't yeah um (laughs) but uh but yeah it's really cool like they they it's like its own continuity so like in their universe 
um, Splinter, Splinter's in it, but he was like, when he was a human, he was like a Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan type guy called uh, uh, Liu Kung Fu or, or, or something like that. Great name. He, yeah, it, it, no, it, it's actually a way better name. I, I'm misremembering it. Um, but yeah, he was like that. And then he's kidnapped by this uh, by this guy who's like a yokai alchemist who's voiced by John Cena. <laughs> and like they fight all these like crazy monster characters. Jason Manzoukas plays a giant uh, lobster man. That oh they my fight. God. <laughs> uh, like all the characters are just crazy. There's like this one villain who's like a, He's like a hippopotamus, but he wears like a turban and, and it, it like hypnotizes people. And he's like hypnopotamus or something. Um, they fight like this this scary spider lady named Big Mama and uh, <laughs> like shredders in it. But he's like a big monster guy. And it, it's just so crazy to watch. Honestly. Also, uh, Ben Schwartz voices Leonardo. Yes. Yeah. Like that sold me right there. Like that's yeah. all I need. That's kind of all I need. That's why I said that because I yeah. knew that you would like that. Yeah. That's another thing that I've been quoting randomly is the uh, the middle edition Schwartz, um, the improv, the three improv episodes yeah. that are on Netflix. They're really funny. Just random things. I'll just say it to Megan, and she'll be like, "What?" I'm like, "You know, for middle edition Schwartz, you know, the worst thing for when you try to reference something is when you have to explain it immediately after." Um, and then she's like, "Oh yeah," and then we'll laugh. And I'm like, "That was that was a pity laugh." Um, Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it seems like it has a really good voice cast. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great show, and like it's, it's done now, so you could watch it. You could watch oh. it. Two seasons? Is it? That's is that what it lasts? They're in the middle of a season three. Okay, cool. And then that's I good. think that's it. That's good. A lot of animated shows, unless you're like Rick and Morty, don't really last long or if you were on fox and had an audience at least for a year then they give you like 30 seasons yeah it's it's kind of differs from network to network but uh uh yeah like at nickelodeon they'll be they'll do like a 20 episode order for a season one and then uh like warner brothers does that too they did that with glitch text and harley quinn where they they technically only order one season, but then like they split into they two. split it into two and it. it's two, but it's not really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are our picks. Excellent. And then we're gonna end this episode with a glimmer of hope. Glimmer of hope. Oh boy, oh boy. This week's glimmer of hope. Um, besides a million recommendations, I think I think just going through all of that, I've actually forgot this week's glimmer of hope. <laughs> Uh, Bill, do you remember it? Oh, no, I have it. It is, uh, this one actually came in today, and that's why I forgot it. It's something that Bill and I had not been discussing all week, but, um, they just announced that Adam McKay is developing an HBO limited series about the hunt for a COVID-19 vaccine. So this is like an in real time documentary, which is kind of cool. Um, I love Adam McKay. I think we've talked about on this podcast that like, he is like one of like the most exciting directors out there and the way that he transitioned from like a purely like comedic Will Ferrell, like movie, like that is what I'm known for to like making something like the big short and vice these Oscar. Sorry. Is everyone hearing shit? Sorry. 
I had to actually stop the podcast for a second. I was hearing stuff in my headphones from the ad. Yeah, sorry about that. I was <laughs> I, I clicked that article I was trying to read and there was an ad playing with music. Oh, no, no, we're fine. We we can't hear anything. All right, great. Um, fucking collider. They blew it. Um, sorry about that. Okay, Bill, Bill just uh, we're back. Add, cut this part out. Um, but yeah, so first You're off, good, I thought this would be a cool glimmer of hope because I love Adam McKay and everything he does. Um, and then this also sounds super, super interesting, but like, what, what do you guys feel about this? Yeah. Like, is this something that like you want to see at a time when this is like taking up all the news already? Like, I don't, how, do, what, how do you feel about this? Uh, I, yep. I, I'm down for anything Adam McKay is going to do, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. The, the subject matter doesn't grab me, I got to say. Well, it's based off of a book. I, I actually, as I was How reading this... Is there this, a book about this already? Because, I'm going to tell you, what initially I thought was very interesting about this, something I learned in college. I took a science class in college. I did not study science in any form so it was a dumb person science class. But my professor was an incredible woman who would often say things like, oh, yeah, um, us in the, the scientific community, um, we're actively working on uh, the cure for cancer right now. And she would say things like that. And you're just like, what? And she would talk about how, despite the fact that we all think that these people who are actively looking for vaccines and cures all these things are these like incredible scientists who are doing it for the global good. It's actually extremely sinister because multiple groups of scientists are doing everything they can to find vaccines and things basically so they could take the credit for it and monetize it, which is really fucked up. So I was wondering, is Adam McKay going to kind of go into that? That would be very interesting to me. I don't know. I love Adam McKay. I worry about his health when he goes into things like that. Remember how he gave himself a heart attack working oh my on God, Vice? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I look at his, at his Twitter and I'm like, someone needs to check on Adam McKay. He is so angry on behalf of all of us. And he smokes a lot. I know. I'm just like, is he okay? But uh, I'm on board for pretty much anything he does. He's a great producer. Yeah, yeah. And also he knows what the fuck is up. So from my hometown he's from cole's hometown i think he will go that way that you were discussing like the 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 aspects based off that book about like how everyone is trying to do it because of the financial gain like that is that is adam mckay's like mo like with with other guys it was ponzi schemes with the big shorts the the housing crisis and the housing market collapse like that's that's his foray it's like these it's like things that are bigger that any of us can comprehend, he's gonna put it. He's gonna explain it to us in the in the simplest way possible. Yes. He did that with uh, Cheney and the housing market and Ponzi schemes. He's gonna do it with vaccines and global pandemics. I'm so excited for this. I really am. Uh, Bill, what? How do you feel about this? Do, do you want to see more things about what we're currently experiencing? Like, are we ready for that as an audience? I want I I want to see this in a few years because if you look at the beginning of the article, it's like oh he's like forty. Is it slated to come out really soon? Cool. I want to see the Theranos thing first, which will be awesome. Excuse me. 
then let's see this in 20 right now, 2022, 20, yes. 2023, 2024. Let's see a few years down the road. We don't need this right now because like we're living it and it, no, I'm sure it's not, but it's just like, for me personally, I'm like, let's see this four or five years down the road and then we okay with it because hopefully four or five years down the road, all this shit is out of the way. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a very interesting story to tell, but for right now, like even a year from now, like we can't handle this. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can't. Especially because I think I can't. as because I feel many creators this. have already stated I anticipate that once this is over, whatever that means like the failure people are creating a lot of we're seeing dark music every and depressing day. movies so we don't need and this horror right. things In about years, pandemics be, being trapped sure all that stuff, which I understand you're trying to make but art out of right something now, that is so dark, but at the risk of sounding like an idiot i don't want to be bombarded with all of that um if you'll notice i mentioned uh and recommended the fucking babysitters club as something that i watched yeah. and that's for a reason i don't i don't to drown into all of that stuff all the time so i, I do agree with you bill in a few years yeah and i mean i heard cole briefly say that he'll watch anything adam mckay uh it's just like a general viewer. Is it is it is it going to be like as soon as it drops, I'm seeing it, or is it like Bill? Like, let's give it a little bit. I, I want to be further away from this. I uh, probably would give it a little bit of time. I haven't seen everything out of the case. Yeah, dude. Like he did Succession. Right? Yeah, he's a he's a, he's producer, a producer on it. On it. He produces right. it, but um, yeah, but he's not like the creator for it. No. no. It's, it's not something you watch and you're like, yeah, this is totally Adam McKay. But when you find out that he's the producer, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah like, I haven't seen that yet. So. Yeah. Um, I, I'm more excited because they announced a while ago that he was producing some sort of HBO follow-up to Parasite. Which oh, right. And sounded really interesting. It was going to be um, English language starring Mark Ruffalo. Was it? Yes. Oh my god! I, well, I heard it. They hadn't even really decided what it was going to be. It was either going to be like a remake of the show right, or right. like an adaptation of it, which I'm not too sure about. But I also heard it might have been like a follow-up, like a sequel to it somehow. It is a English language series based on Parasite. Okay, okay, I, I would watch that still. That that would be interesting to me, even though like Parasites, I think a perfect movie. Again, you gotta see it. Can't can't really be improved upon, but uh, you know it's wait, like. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You, I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm I know. not attacking you. Why? Oh no! Yeah, it's oh, more of like I want to. I don't think I want to watch it alone. I have no one to watch it with. Yeah, Megan would not want to watch that. Is that no. I know, but actually, yeah, she's just never in the mood to watch it. Like I don't know it. Yeah. Even it being the biggest movie of last year. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do uh, one of those, like, uh, Netflix watch parties. Netflix. We'll do a watch party. We'll watch it with you, Al. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Same. I haven't seen it either. It's 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 it, not that heavy. Like, it, it is. But there's also humorous moments. and. It, yeah, it's hilarious, honestly. 
it is not as dark as other Bong Joon-ho things. I, I think Snowpiercer is darker. Yeah, dark, yeah. Dark. This doesn't have Chris. Uh, I haven't seen it either. It's so just yeah. like the subject matter. Yeah, he like, literally eats a baby uh, or whatever. So yeah, I mean, Parasite is definitely like dark, so but it's heavy. not like it's not. I don't know. It's not like depressing. No, no. It's it. I mean, it could be. It didn't depress me, but it's really good. The the filmmaking craft on yeah. display is I, something to behold. Yes, yes. So we recommend the Oscar-winning uh, Snowpiercer is very uh, happy. Parasite. It's literally, Deep the only thing cut. that happened this year was that Parasite won every Oscar. Yeah. That yeah. happened this year. Can you yeah. believe that? That yeah. was like six the, months ago. It's the only good thing that happened this year. Everything after that. Before that, even. Yeah. yeah. And on that note, <laughs> um, thank you, uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Socially Distance. But before we officially end the episode, um, Cole and Kat, collectively, where can people find you online to hear more of your uh, great picks? Like, watch Parasite. (laughs) Really unique picks that no one else has suggested. Um, You can find me on Instagram at Kat underscore wild. Kat with a K, wild with an E at the end. Um, no, that's speak. that's Twitter, isn't it? What did I say? Instagram. God, we're all drunk. We're all drunk. I haven't drank yeah. a drop and I'm drunk. I love you it. You can find me there on Twitter. I know. <laughs> that was Drunk Bell. And on Instagram, you could find me at Cat Goes to Shows. Yep. That's yep. where you could find me and harass me about the Taylor Swift review that I stand by. Don't do that on your Instagram. That's nonsense. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, Cole, I feel like you want to uh, remain anonymous, but uh, yep. you can see Cole's can get city. Yeah. Whoever Spoilers. wants Cole can get yeah, to Yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, but they're both private right there now. So, um, but you I can... Uh, want to follow me, they oh, can yeah. follow me on Letterboxd. Oh, oh cool. Letterboxd? Yeah. I, What's I, your, is there like an at? I don't... Uh, it's at... Cole Rothacker, my name, R-O-T-H-A-C-K-E-R. So you can find me there and see what I'm watching. I, I, I'm actively, I actively update it like every day. What are the last four things you watched, Cole? We watched Grant Morrison Talking with Gods, which is a documentary about Grant Morrison. It was so good. The, the Ooh, I love Grant Morrison. I got to watch that. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Al, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Um, we watched Supersonic, the, the Oasis, Oasis documentary. documentary by a I'm trying to get Cole into Oasis. It's happening. Yeah, it was really good. We watched uh, The Shining. Yes, we watched The Shining. Because you read the book. Because we listened to that podcast, The King Cast, where they were talking about it, And then it actually moved yes. you to read the sh- a Stephen King book, which you had never done before. It's true. I'm not particularly into horror. I had seen The Shining before, obviously. I think it's a great film. But read the book, and we decided to rewatch the movie. Yeah. And now we're rewatching the uh, the TV miniseries from 1997. Yes. Is... And it feels like a TV miniseries from 1997. Yeah. And then, and then I, uh, I was going to say, is Dr. Sleep the sequel? Yes. 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 Which yeah. is great. Heart is good. It's so good. One of my favorites of last year. 100%. And then I also watched Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge, which is the second time I've watched that this year. It's um, so fucking violent. Yeah, it's it's this animated movie made by Warner Brothers. came out this year. 
that's how starved for new entertainment I am. I've watched this DTV animated movie twice, and it's Watch. it's Mortal Kombat, but it's like really violent. It's it's, it's like an R-rated Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, but it, it's pretty good. A lot. Um, yeah, excellent. Those are some uh, great uh, great picks for. Should yeah. should have saved that for the watch list. But uh, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, you can find you can find Cole on Litterbox. Bill, where can people find you? Well, I was trying to embarrass myself. Uh, it's at Bodkin Writes W R I T E S on Twitter. Thepopbreak.com. At popbreak.com, all spelt out on Twitter. Forward slash Pop yes. Um, and I am at Al Manorino on Twitter, given Instagram. Uh, you can follow me there. I'm, I'm hoping to uh, visit uh, Grounds for Sculpture, which is uh, like a cool outdoor museum art exhibit thing near me. So go to our Twitter. Exactly. So I'm going to be breaking out the, the camera and posting uh, some more stuff. And uh, yeah. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the 19th episode of Socially Distance. Uh, just to let you know, we have seven more episodes until our 25th episode. And for the anniversary, we are going, Bill and I are going to go guest list. And we are doing a commentary track for the pilot episode Great of a place horrible TV show called Point Pleasant. So look out for that. Yes. Uh, because we have to at this point. Uh, but yeah, thank you so, uh, so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>